0: Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Happy flipping August. Today's date is August 1st, 2018. It's a Wednesday, but this is our Daily Friday podcast with our special guest, longtime supporter. Uh, I can't tell you of a, of a better friend in my life right now, Dr. Jeff Lipp. How are you, Jeff?
1: I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Honestly, I'm just really thankful for you allowing me to keep coming back on your show. What was this allowing? <laughs> I, you know, I, I couldn't do this Extremely. without you. Extremely, no, I love it. I love how we always make it a true kind of like common practice. At least meet once a week. I it really helps me, buddy. It really does. And I think you know, I got to go back to school next week. And we're just talking about that at <sighs> breakfast, more or anything. I think really it helps me keep grounded in regards to. How important this really is, and mm. I just love doing this with you, my friend. It's just a blast. Thank honestly.
0: you, thank you. You make a big difference with me too. I do look forward to this, and and I know you know sometimes schedules don't permit us to do every week, right? Um, but that just makes the next time even that much more sweeter. Absolutely, I think, you know? great so, point. I uh, wanted to continue our discussion with a little more more uh, Coach John Wooden today. Uh, the book I just finished reading this morning, my personal best, life lessons from an all American journey uh, with John Wooden. So I want to read a couple. Uh, excerpts
1: out of this and just have a little discussion about it if that's okay with you. I would love that, my friend. The right. last podcast I thought we did was pretty good too. So I think this is a great continuation of all those quotes and particular lessons from John Wooden. I feel like I'm talking to John Wooden oh, right please. now. The only, <laughs> the
0: only similarity we have is the first four letters. J- and J-O-H-N and basketball. Yep. There you go. But thank you for that. And teaching. Yes. That's, a, <laughs> that's great compliments there. Um, so the inside part of this book is um, the caption on the inside flap. Uh, There's this quote from John Wooden, a good teacher or coach must not only understand others, but himself or herself as well. And I think all teachers would agree with that. But uh, the author writes in this captivating book, beloved basketball coach John Wooden reveals the educational journey he took throughout his legendary life from his earliest days on a small Indiana farm to the glory of his historic record-setting UCLA dynasty. Throughout my personal best... Coach Wooden introduces us to the men and women who shaped him and the many important life lessons they taught along the way. You'll meet his father, Joshua, the honest, straight-shooting farmer who who urged his son, don't try to be better than someone else, but never cease trying to be the best you can be. His mother, Roxy, a hard-scrabble survivor who taught her children the value of faith and sacrifice. And his wife, Nellie, the high school sweetheart, and ukulele virtuoso, who inspired him courtside through many games and who continued to be his inspiration through his life. You'll also meet coaches, own coaches, such as Principal Earl Warner, the feisty disciplinarian who guided Wooden through the first games and left him with the lesson that no player is bigger or better than the team. High school coach Glenn Curtis, otherwise known as the Old Fox, who taught Wooden the poetry of basketball and Purdue's Piggy Lambert, who, whose unbending principles and love for his team became Wooden's model of what a great coach and teacher could be. Last but not least, you'll meet many of the students and players who became, in the end, Coach's greatest teachers of all. This treasure trove of, things, of all things Wooden also includes rare, never-seen-before photos of Coach's private collection, pairing those priceless photos with evocative personal stories this modern sports classic encompasses the arc of Wooden's achievements and the spirit of his all-American experience, one that will serve as an inspiration to anyone who aspires to be a coach, not only on the court, but in the arena of life. So that little lengthy uh, caption there just got me thinking of how many people come in and out of our lives and the impact they have on us. Um, there's a number of people that have been in my life, um, both uh, you know, past, present, and definitely in the future. And uh, as I was talking with uh, Coach Will Povolowski in our last podcast, a little bit off the air, too, that's my foremost uh, reason why I do what I do is to pay those people back. And it just, this book, I was crying at the end when, when Coach Wooden was talking about uh, how much his wife meant to him. And, uh, you know, the, the final days of her life, because Coach lived to be about 100 years old. I think he died... Uh, Oh, 2010 or so. I don't know. Um, but his wife died in 1985. Mm. And so there's um, a lot of description there in the, in the end of the book that just brought me to tears of how he thought his life was over. He just he wasn't functioning very well. And then he felt renewed by the birth of one of his great grandchildren. Uh, that the way life encompasses. in companies. So some of that introduction there, Jeff, um, the principals, the coaches that influenced John Wooden. Uh, the kids. That's the other point. Not only do we have adults, but we as educators, we're influenced influenced every year by kids. And, and a lot of times they don't know that. And a lot of times I don't think teachers will admit that,
1: but we are affected by our students uh, along the way, aren't we? Completely. I think that book entry is a good platform for some of your previous podcasts. Mm. So what I mean by that is some of the guests that you've been getting on, and you know, I talked about this off the year more anything is that you should continue to invite people that you've educated, or maybe not even educated, but gone through, you know, the high school that you're at right now, or anything, and bring them back and tell them how well they're doing in life, or basically not even how well, how much they've grown from leaving high school. Mm. And I think it's a powerful message because life takes you in different paths. Uh, you do have a lot of control more than you imagine you could actually have, but it's all about getting that story about what they've done ever since they left. You know. And I think that is the most important thing because you don't really see that until they come back and make an effort to come back and say hi. Like, it's, you don't really follow them, you know, unless you're on social media with them and things of that nature. But more anything, what I learned is the sheer impact of like, you know, being a counselor more anything is that throughout the years of students that come back to the school and just say hi and just, they're still so grateful for what you've done Mm -hmm. to get them to that next step. For me, it's amazing. But, I'm more interested in how they're doing outside of everything else. How life is going in general, yeah. you know. Academically, I believe that a lot of them are doing fine because they're moving on to a place. They wouldn't have got accepted to a lot of these places. It didn't have the academics, but how is life going in general, you know? And for me, I, I I'm a social guy. I really like to know their stories, and I think putting that all in a book is just amazing. Like so, like I said, the book that you read is just tremendous, in the fact that you have all these stories combined, I think that's why. We, you know, I just talked about this again. Oprah's Super Soul. I'm sorry, Oprah's Master Class podcast. Amazing. A lot of great stories. Using your story as a classroom platform. You know, and in addition to that, like just reading. I I, I just blown by your reading. I, I really am. I just I shared this with John earlier. I I'm amazed at the amount of reading he's doing this summer. Whereas me, I have all this free time. I'm picking up a Netflix series or something like that. You know, it's not the healthiest thing. <laughs> But I'm just so proud of you and all the reading, honestly, because I think the reading is tremendous because mm. it's a discipline, to, in my opinion, that needs to take place. And I don't try to I, – I haven't practiced that as much as I'd like to practice it. You know, So you're doing great. I, I mean we can go on and on and on. But, I mean, honestly, this is the storytelling from how they're doing in their next step, in my opinion. is the largest platform that you can use yeah thanks buddy I appreciate that and you know what the reading has made a difference I've only read two books though my, <laughs> my goal
0: this summer was to read three you know so I will be starting my third but I do I do hope to continue it because typically I will always uh, save some reading for the summer Yeah. I need to continue it throughout the year um, the other thing I have been doing is like Jeff mentioned about Oprah's Masterclass um, I've listened there's three of them out I've listened to all three of them just very powerful stuff yeah um, and I need to continue listening to those podcasts and uh Coach Will and I had a great discussion and and he even admitted he's listening more podcasts than he is watching TV, you know? Right. And I sat down to watch a a movie last night and it it felt great to unplug. And so I'm definitely not one that's saying, oh, don't ever watch TV again. I know there's some people that say that. I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. And uh, I enjoy certain shows and certain things, but I do find more time for reading and listening to podcasts because there is so much value in them.
1: Completely. It's, you know, one, I think I listened to a TED Talk that was done by the CEO of Netflix. And what he indicated was the fact that we're in a business now where other companies are just fighting for your attention. That's what it comes down yes. to. And a podcast, a YouTube video, a book, whatever it may be, they're all trying to fight for your attention. And their biggest competitor is not about the other podcast. It's not about the other you know, Hulu. It's not about YouTube. It's not about anything else. Sleep mm. because people now mm. are sacrificing sleep just to kind Good of like s- stay in the moment of whatever they're engrossed with, you know. And people are forgetting, neglecting the fact that sleep is so important. You need sleep for survival, you need sleep to be a better employee, you need sleep to be a better what, husband or wife, a better friend. You just need sleep, and it's funny because people are sacrificing it. To try to find things that will satisfy that craving or that attention span. Nice. So it's very interesting, more anything. But like once again, two more books is two more books than I read this summer, (laughs) which is fabulous too. But like I said, that's something that I'm going to get back on and try to continue to read. Like I said, I have all these books sitting on my kitchen table doing absolutely nothing but collecting dust right now.
0: But you did say you're going to unplug this next week. Yes. Not doing too much work stuff. No. Because work starts for you soon. That so might next be a good week, opportunity.
1: Good opportunity. To get that's to a great point, my friend. You always make other very good points because, yeah, I will try to do that. I'll try to take advantage of that, maybe pick up the book that you're kind of quoting right now. That's awesome. All right,
0: next, uh, to kind of toward the back, there's a couple sections I wanted to read. Uh, this section is entitled What Counts. For me, it's never simply a case of win or lose because I do not demand victory. What I demand, and that's exactly the word, is that each player expend every available ounce of energy to achieve his personal best, to attain competitive greatness as I define it. Victory must be the byproduct, but the significance of the score is secondary to the importance of finding out how good you can be. This is only possible with ceaseless, not selective, effort towards that goal. There's no shame in learning that someone else is better at doing something than you are. Shame is only justified when someone else is better because you failed to make that effort too, 100% to realize your potential. Shame is the appropriate response in that circumstance. So when a team or player decides, subconsciously or otherwise, to apply their effort selectively against a tough opponent or in a game that really counts, quote unquote, that player or team, in my opinion, has already lost. And often, but not always, the score will indeed reflect that. There should never be need for me to give a pep talk to instill motivation. The motivation must come from the player's belief. Deeply entrenched, the ultimate success lies in giving their personal best. More than anything, I wanted players to love the process of doing that. Unlike a pep talk that might generate temporary enthusiasm, loving the process of working to be your best isn't temporary. When players truly believe this, giving them a pep talk so they can rise to the occasion, quote-unquote, is unnecessary. They've already risen to it. Now let the opponent try to rise to our level with a pep talk. This belief is pure and most powerful force. It has been and remains the source of my own motivation, not fame, fortune, or power, all of which can be taken away by others. No one can take away the effort you strive to make, under whatever circumstances exist, to be your best. This cannot be taken away by anyone but you. The 1974 Bruins may have taken it away from themselves, and when they stopped striving to find out how how good they could be. And I wasn't smart enough to coach. I wasn't smart enough coach to prevent it from happening. So what he was talking about is, you know, they won, um, I think it was 72 and 73. They never lost. Um, They won the national titles that year. And then in 74, that streak was broken at 88 wins. You know they won 88, so game 89, and you know, right. they lost. Um, they they the pressure, and they he just had it to where he saw it from afar, and he tried to do something about it, but he didn't uh, wasn't successful as far as helping the kids. But there was just this aura about you know the kids didn't think they had to work hard, and so there were times where they didn't work hard, and and he's talking about hey even if you lose and you work your butt off, you know he's more proud of that. And there's one of the things in the in the next section I want to read, but I love that. As far as your own, we don't, motivation is fleeting, right? Right. We need it every day. But right. it's got to be our own. It can't be someone else's that we take. Sure, I take examples of quotes and stories and podcasts and stuff, and I find the thing, I have to do that every day, though. I have to connect it to the things that are important to me. It is, you know, fame is fleeting. Power is fleeting. Money is fleeting. And you can't have those as your motivational factors. I know that passage was long, but just a couple thoughts.
1: <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. And like it's funny how my mind is working when we start doing these podcasts now, more or anything, when you're reading passages like that. There are several things that we talk about all the time, and I think you talked about that with Will and any particular guest that I've had on my show or your show. You've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I heard that more or anything. The motivation lies within yourself. So more anything, you know, I, I share with you this story at breakfast, and I'm going to share it real quick. Right now, I'm helping a lot of people with their relationships. That's really what I've been kind of gravitating towards or people gravitate towards me. They're seeking advice and assistance on improving their marriages, their uh, relationship with their significant other, whatever it may be. They're, a lot of people are seeking and reaching me out. So what's interesting is that when these people are reaching out, I normally just try to put on my counseling hat and then just try to you know reflect with them. But just take them through an understanding of what I went through Because I've been where they've been And it's funny Because when I reflect back to their situation And kind of like lead them in a direction Where I feel that the best uh, you know, outcome Lies in you making this choice They still won't take it And it's because there are several things That are blocking it Either fear Either giving up pride uh, They feel like they might be judged You know, by their significant other These are all things that I try to help them extinguish And understand that in order for you to make change happen, you have to see this within yourself as a thing that you truly want to change. And for guys, that can be very difficult sometimes. Uh, I'm just talking about men in general because of the fact that, you know, growing up in their families, emotions probably were not talked about too tremendously. And having to understand now that I have to try to deal with these emotions with another person is. A huge stepping stone, right? So it, it, the fact is that if you can admit what's going on and understand that, okay, now I understand I got this thing blocking my path. Now you got to take action to it mm-hmm. and it's and, – and in anything and in the world, right? But going back to that quote and that very long passage is the fact that at the end of the day, you're with your own self, mm-hmm. right? No one else is with you. you. I mean that stillness within your mind late at night is where you unlock the potential to seek the most within yourself. But you have to be willing to sit in that stillness and like either you know dissect what's going on, hear something that you would never or see an angle that you didn't see before. That's where the growth takes place. But mm-hmm. you got to do that you got to find time to do it for yourself. There's no one else that's going to do it for you. That's
0: powerful. I love that reflection and I think it's amazing as you have um, friends of yours, other people gravitating toward you yeah and you're helping them you're helping yourself too. Correct. Very yeah. good
1: point. No, that's, and once again, that's the reflection back, or that's that reciprocal um, relationship that I have is because I am, I'm growing as a person, as a professional with that information too. So, absolutely. And that's why Coach Wooden is Coach Wooden, right? Because of the fact that he, you're, a coach is nobody unless you have great players to a certain extent that you can help mold into the team unit that you want to go to, right? Yeah. He was very successful as a coach. So, obviously, his feedback. To uh, other coaches, yourself, whoever may be, leaders, you take that because he's been where you've been and where you want him to go. Yeah, absolutely. But a coach is that important because he can mani- – not manipulate, sorry, that's the wrong word, but help motivate people to be better yeah. versions of themselves each and every single day. Absolutely,
0: because at the time this book was written, I think Coach Wooden was 93 years old. See, that's amazing. And I try to promote this to my students uh, all the time, I'm, and my players, definitely more so this year than ever before. This coach – has 93 years worth of experience in this book. I don't have to take 93 years of my life, or hope I get that long, right, um, to learn these lessons. I right. can, I've read this in a couple weeks. And the so, profound lessons out of this is just just
1: tremendous. So here's the thing that I'm going to mention too. like My podcast with Jordan Tosich, for the fourth time, rolled out on my show. And one of the things that we talked about in our last podcast, and I know you haven't checked it out yet, so I don't want to give too much away because I know you and I listen to each other's shows consistently, which is great, is that we talked about the difference between wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I asked Jordan, because he's an economics teacher, is how do you convey that to someone who is honestly you know, anywhere from 14 to 17 years old, okay, taking economics and saying that Listen, there's more to life than these materialistic things here that you see that you think you need. And he's like, well, you know what? I plant a seed. That's what he said. I plant a seed and then down the road when they come back and visit me is when I see everything of that seed coming to fruition. And that's exactly what we try to do as teachers, motivators, educators, whatever it may be, is that you're planting that seed and they will not experience it or truly understand the impact until they go through something. Honestly, it's through something. And through that something is where they learn adversity Mm. and where they learn something more about themselves that they never knew before. And then coming back and say, listen, you told me this for years ago. I'm finally understanding what you're saying now.
0: That's outstanding. And I got to add, can you please set up a time where Jordan and I can meet? But also, I'd I'd love to be on a show with with you guys. I I, think that would be fantastic. Yeah.
1: I mean, Jordan and I talked about that last week, Sunday, when I did the podcast with him. And... We reflected on your podcast more than anything, you know. And what we were trying to connect was an idea of how we're going to get everything connected. And I already got some things in my mind that I want to do for sure. But, no, both of you guys being educators, I think I would love to have you guys on my show. So that will definitely take place.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him. Uh, This next section, pride in the effort more than the result. Okay, so this is continuing right after that last passage that that I read. This is why I have such pride in our loss to Cincinnati in the 1962 NCAA Final Four. Bruins' extraordinary effort during that season was nearly 100% and culminated in a wonderful but losing performance against Cincinnati. Conversely, I have no pride in UCLA's triple overtime victory against Dayton in the 1974 NCAA Tournament. The difference was in the quality of the effort by those under my supervision. For me, how you play the game and prepare for it really does count. In fact, it counts most of all. Why? because even winning can become routine. Striving ceaselessly to get better and better and better and doing it never becomes routine, at least not in my experience. Thus, the effort should be the same whether you've won 88 games or lost 88 games in a row, whether you've won two consecutive NCAA championships or never heard of the NCAA. Effort, effort, effort. That's the highest and truest standard, and somehow, it was compromised in the 1974 season. To this day, however, I'm not sure how I could have fixed the problem these fine student-athletes faced. Two perfect seasons and two NCA championships before they were even seniors. Never in college basketball history had this been done, and it hasn't been done since. I believe many of these young boys simply couldn't conceive of how another team could beat them even after it happened. But it wouldn't have happened if I'd been able to teach them to have a greater love for the effort than the score. To believe that success is a peace of mind which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. I admit this is not easy to teach, and I was not able to do it in 1974. Here I am, many, many years later, still wondering what I should have done in that extraordinary circumstance of that unique season. So the regret, the wonder, the, the, um, him looking back um, you know, all throughout those years of what could he have done differently in that. You know, we all go through it, even a, a great coach like you know, Coach Wooden. And I also got uh, on here um, you know, how we play the game of life. And I'll be honest, I told, I think, Will this uh, in our podcast, I know there's been plenty of times uh, in my life that I haven't given my finest effort and it um, it does bug me. It, I do look back on it as knowing I didn't do something and I could have done better. Right? Those things kind of haunt me a little bit. But it also provides fuel, I think, for trying to do things better here in the future. But everything was not perfect in those two undefeated seasons. The record was perfect, but they still had problems. They still had things that they over, over overcome. Same thing in our lives, you know. And, and you look on Facebook. Oh, it's perfect in that person's life or that family. Look at those great pictures. But you know there's things behind the scenes that aren't perfect. So I love this book that it brings up things about, um, obviously, basketball, but Coach Wooden, being a teacher first, um, talked about life. And and you've
1: already brought that up tremendously. So some thoughts about the pride and the effort more than the result. So once again, I say this 100 times now, it's not about the success that you learn the most from. It's about the failure. Mm, So that one game, he's completely fixated on effort. And what I could have done more. It's not about the two undefeated seasons. It's not about the two national championships. It's not about the 88-game winning streak. It's about that one loss. It completely dwells on that one loss. And it almost seems like it's a neglection of everything that came before that. And that's where you grow as a person. You are completely shaped by failure mm-hmm. and it's through failure that you learn absolutely 110% the most of who you are as a person completely. So, that I truly I wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, I can I, the whole passage that you read there, it was completely focused on that one game. And when I heard that, and he keeps asking that question out loud to himself, What could I have done more? How could I make them see the effort? You really couldn't see this is this is my particular type of philosophy in life, is I, I believe that a lot of things. I'm going to say everything. Everything, there's a reason to it that that takes place in your particular life. Everything happens. And it was supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen for you to do something with that information. Now, whether it be success or failure, people fixate on the failure Mm -hmm. because they want to never go back to that particular position before. And that's what's important about life lessons. That's important about sharing that knowledge. But then it goes back to what he said in the beginning, you know. At the end of the day, you make your own decisions. No one's going to tell you to do X, Y, and Z. You know, so more than anything, it's very important to remember that you are, if you don't want pain in your life anymore, you can control that. You have the key to unlock that. Don't stay in the past, but be in the current moment, but understand that, like, tomorrow is going to be better if you choose it to be better, honestly. So... I think Sam Crowley says that. I know you and I both listen. Pain is a conduit to success. Mm. You have to go through some pain in order to be more successful. So what he said was that I experienced all this success. I'm going to fixate on this one loss. But then following after that, he probably still did really well as a coach. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like so you learn through that loss, that pain, and then you have more success on the other end once you go through a little bit of adversity. It could have been a lot of adversity, but that's where you build yourself as a person. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that reflection.
0: I love how you can um, come up with these things uh, and relate it to other things. That I listen to for- a lot of
1: podcasts. Yeah. I, I may not be doing a lot of reading, but I listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so the final point today, in, in closing, and it, it fits right into this. And I know you have um, a lot of uh, thought about this, a lot of experience. This is kind of uh, where he lost his wife Nell uh, in nineteen eighty five. So the title of this section is "A Door Closes." Another opens. Although I didn't recognize it at the time, that same year, 1985, the one that brought such sorrow also brought my survival, the birth of Nell's and my first grand, great grandchild, Corey. Initially, I hardly took notice of this blessing because I was too deep in grief, but she is the reason I began recovering. The good Lord first took Nell, but then sent the love of Corey and great-grandchild after great-grandchild, until their love and the love of all of our grandchildren was everywhere around me, like a field full of flowers. And then a very special gift was sent, a great-grandchild named Cameron, most severely handicapped in every way except his unlimited capacity to give love and create it in others. Slowly, I began getting back my old self, as I saw in their smiles, laughter, and love Nell's own smile, laughter, and love. She is them, and they are her. All of this was and is amazing and wonderful. Boy, brother, I couldn't even get through that.
1: I know it's hard.
0: Um, I do believe that. You know, obviously, when one door closes, another one opens, and a lot of times, I think we think of it as careers or you know other um, important, you know, opportunities, but not like family. And I know your story of, uh, of when you lost your dad. Uh, the people that filled your life, especially your family, especially nieces and nephews. I mean, I, the pictures that I've seen <laughs> of you guys hanging out and, and going places and uh, just having a ball. And by the way, those, those kids are getting older. Oh, my God. Yeah. The looks on their faces of pure joy. And you know what? When I saw your face in some of those pictures and those videos that you put out with them, you have that mirror-like image of that love, laughter, and joy in your face. So this passage was kind of toward the end. It kind of hit me hard. Um, I just want to see your reflections on that.
1: I mean, it was tremendous, honestly. And the fact that, once again, it's another loss that he experienced. And through that, he thought... So let me, let, me, let me just reference this real quick, too, because it's very interesting. When you're at that particular age, at the age of 85 or however old he was when he lost his wife, it's really – there's so many studies that say as soon as you're particularly that age, you're going to – you're probably going to be passing very soon too because you feel like that companionship is gone. He then lived 15 years after the loss of his wife, which is great. It's a tremendous amount of time, honestly. And what he did was he found light in his great-grandchildren. That's amazing. That's exactly what the same thing I did. When I lost my dad, I found light through my niece and my nephew. I grew my relationship with them because they needed a love as much as I needed love. And it's a reciprocal relationship more than anything. And it's amazing. It's a tremendous thing. That's so funny how life works like that. You may think it's a loss right now. But I promise you, it's something that you're going to, whatever you're going through, you're going to be that much better by going through it and then coming out the other end. You may not want what is going to take place, right? But you learn everything that you need to survive. That's what it comes down to. So I'm on this big want and needs type of Mm -hmm. kick right now, more anything. But you needed to go through that in order to become a better person than you were before. It's It's that harshness sometimes that makes you truly understand how to deal with emotions. Like I say this all the time, and I do this all the time with people that I work with. You don't talk about emotions a lot. You Mm -hmm. just don't. So when you have to deal with it, you need a starting point. So start with trying to deal with it. Whatever it may be, honestly embrace it. Dive into it 100% and then be ready to deal with it on a daily basis. You're not going to be able to solve the problem the first try 100%. I mean if you were, this world would be completely perfect. Nothing like that exists Mm -hmm. at all. Human emotion is the most messy thing that completely (laughs) exists. Because everyone has a different personality in regards to how they handle adversity, how they handle success, everything like that. So what I'm getting at more than anything is that he's completely right. When One door closes, truly another door opens. But you got to be willing to embrace that metaphor in order for you to continue to be successful in your life. If you don't see that, then you got to understand that it's a process that you have to enjoy. Right now, I, I, I think I said this two episodes ago or two podcasts ago on the show. I prayed and I am so thankful for everything that I've been through. How many people can say that? All that loss I experienced, all the rejection I experienced, I'm so thankful for it because today I'm such a better person. And I just am. I just know I am because I give, I give, and I give. That's all I do right now, it's just give. And it's making me feel awesome completely, like tenfold. And when I give, I just feel like I'm contributing to this world and it helps me feel like I'm doing something each and every day. And that's tough to do when you've gone through crap, you know. So pain stops you from seeing what you could possibly be. But embrace the pain and then just walk right through it and just bulldoze it. And then you'll be so much better for doing that. But you got to be willing to do that.
0: Love that. Love that. And this, you know, reading through uh, Coach Wooden's book and listening to Jeff's story, this is not just for these two individuals, you know. Right. You know, it's all of us. Jeff alluded to that. It's all of us. We all go through this, right? And I think of um, Maury Schwartz with his saying of, um, why would I want to take? You know, giving means I'm living. And that's, you know, taking is what is selfish and it's only one. Giving, there's multiple people involved, multiple good things happening. And that's what life's all about. So I love that point that you concluded with there, buddy.
1: So what I want to do is kind of reference real quickly, um, you know, (laughs) I'm really big into Oprah's Super Soul podcast, Oprah's Mastermind podcast, more anything like that. And I told you, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and the fact is that that stillness is so important. Sit there and embrace the stillness and deal with it because in that stillness is where you unlock so much within yourself. So she basically um, interviewed another person on her show. His name is Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle is a huge philosopher on being in the current moment or anything. And what he said was this amazing quote. I mean I was – I had to really stop my workout and kind of like drop this in my phone again. And what Eckhart Tolle said was in his book, it says, stillness is the language that God speaks. Everything else is bad translation. So let me repeat that. It just blew my mind away. Stillness is the language that God speaks. Everything else is a bad translation. Mm. So what that means is that when you are in that stillness, whether or not you talk to a higher power, God, whatever it is, it's that stillness. You need to embrace it so you can sit back and analyze and just kind of be with your own self because in that stillness is where all that potential is unlocking to solving whatever you need to do to be a better person.
0: I think in today's world with social media this, social media that, Netflix this, Netflix that, yeah. it's it's so it's more important now than ever before. Because I I you know, when we were kids, we didn't have all this. It's it was the, it was easier to step out. It was easier to to contemplate and reflect a little bit. Today, there's too many
1: distractions. I love it when you're dead on because that's exactly what it is. They're, they're overstimulated. Yes. They can get any information at their fingertips, instantaneously. That's the that is the millennial generation mm-hmm. at its best. At the same time, as with all that information, that's great. But you're you got to understand this world is not built on information alone. It's built on relationships also. Mm-hmm. So you can't lose that piece. You have to interact with people because you know I can look up anyone on social media. The fact is, if I know you a person, I'm more willing to trust that via social media profile page or anything like that. So you have to understand, knowledge is power, yes. But at the same time, is, relationships create you to go in that direction where you need to be. You're, it's so important to have good relationships.
0: So That's powerful. And I think you know it is a millennial generation thing. But let me tell you, there's people in my generation, there's people older than me, a little bit younger than me that aren't millennials that are doing the same thing. I agree. You know, so it's, it's definitely all of us. It. It's all of mankind, I think, that needs just a, a little gut check, a little reality right. check, so to speak. Well, I same. mean,
1: that's the power of information, right? Yeah. Like, instantaneously, there is no more going to the library, looking up whatever information that you want to seek. It's instantaneous Although now. there are a lot of people here working, is That's there? so true. That's you very know, true. The library, yeah. this is cool. In the John, John Daly studio, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe I should put a little sticker over there right, right. with our names on it. The, the Lip Daily Studio. I like that. All right, folks. Hey, great time talking with Dr. Lip again today on a daily Friday. I just love his reflections. And I always walk away a better person uh, because of Jeff. And, and there's um, so many powerful things that, uh, that he's done for me and continues to do for me. I count him as a uh, um, – I'm very
1: blessed just to have him in my life. So, Jeff, thank you so much. I really want to say one last thing before we end. And once again – we're going to close to 40 minutes, but once again, I don't care. It's not my show, so <laughs> I'm going to do that. But I want to give a shout-out again to a couple of people, which is very interesting. Uh, Kathy Hendricks, I told you a little bit about her, and I gave her a shout-out last time. She's doing great. You know, She's recovered, so thank you for the prayers that anyone has prayed for Kathy. Uh, her surgery went well, and she's recovering extremely well. I know you and I have liked several of the things that she's posted on her Facebook page, so that's really, really great. The other thing is... Um, there's another person that I told you that she probably would have listened to this podcast, but she actually – I forced her to listen to it because I sent her the link. It was Nicole Bellamo and she just moved back in her place down in Florida and she's doing great too. So she, today's like move-in day for her. But I mean it's it's amazing what this, this type of media format can do because it's like her and I were just connecting and we were just texting everybody like at the break of dawn basically and I was like, what are you doing up? And she's like – well, I get up really early, and I'm like, man, we are so old now. Because, like, that's she goes to bed early and she gets up early, but at the same time, she's like, you know, I, I just listen to you every single morning or whatever's rolled out, so that you know it helps me align my day basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is what this podcasting does. It just really anytime you can pick it up, you can always. I've I've been listening to a couple of ours. In the past, I'm like, man, that's some good stuff. I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe John said that. I'm like, that is great stuff, either on my show or your show. It doesn't matter because I'm like, that content will always be there. And it's fascinating when some other people listen to my older shows, they're like, man, that's some good stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's been like that for the last 60 episodes or whatever I've been rolling out, you know? So check out more, you know? I mean, it's like, you're not. We're not trying to waste anyone's time, you know, you and Absolutely. I. Absolutely, that's right. a great point. We're, we're trying to put out good content so that it's relevant, and we're trying to give to something in this world, and honestly, it's like a lot of what you and I experience is the conduit to a lot of people's success if they choose to do that, honestly, because we've already been through enough crap. You guys don't have to do that, stuff. So. <laughs> Beautifully said.
0: It's definitely our, both in our hearts is to is to help people. That's what I think uh, education is all about, and so um, we're, we're lifelong educators for sure. Thank you, Jeff, again. Uh, really appreciate you coming out again. Really appreciate breakfast. Great start to the day. we got to do this more. Uh, breakfast, that is. You know, we don't have to do podcasting every day, but breakfast would be awesome.
1: Hashtag Daily Friday. Hashtag eggs and bacon. All right. <laughs> All
0: right, folks. So, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, again, I'll put a picture out of my personal best, uh, John Wooden's book. And uh, check out those things and the things that Jeff talks about. Check out his podcast on jefflip.com and his blog and um, the, the people that he's bringing into these things reach out to them, too, because he's bringing outstanding guests uh, that share this message and everyday things that we all go through, which which is what I really love doing. So again, find me on Facebook, you guys, uh, coach to Expect Success, over on Twitter at Coach2Success, on Instagram at CoachJohnDaily, and of course, on my website. Scroll down to that homepage, you can find that top 26 book list. Um, you know, reading is definitely a powerful medium to Uh, finding that inner voice, right? Listening is great to podcasts and audiobooks and stuff. It's definitely good, but there's something scientifically proven about reading. I just heard this on a podcast with somebody the other day. Uh, I don't know if it was Brian Buffini. The, the, The biological things that happen inside the brain when you're reading and thinking and applying and going back and rereading again, there's power in that. So make sure you check that out. You can also leave me a a uh, little word over there at coach2expectsuccess.com You can get in touch with me there, okay? Keep enjoying things that you're doing. Find that passion to get up for every morning, you guys. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk again soon. See you. <music>